you're listening to the Way Community Church Lakeland podcast, where our mission is to reach people with the life-giving message of Jesus Christ, that they might become fully devoted followers of Christ. We hope this message from our weekend service encourages you in your walk with the Lord. And now, here's the message. And uh, all of the things that frankincense meant that would not have been meaningful to us in, in the sense of, of the priestly responsibilities and the healing properties and all of those beautiful things. Today, we're going to talk about the gift that was given to Jesus of myrrh. And um, this uh, is a really, is a, I believe this is going to be a quite special message. Next week, we're going to do gold. And um, man, it's, it's going to be fire. You're going to want to come worship with us next week. It's going to be really cool. With all that being said, let's uh, read here from Matthew chapter 2. Would you all mind standing to your feet with me as we read God's Word? After this interview, the wise men went their way, and the star they had seen in the east guided them to Bethlehem. It went ahead of of them and stopped over the place where the child was. And when they saw the star, they were filled with joy. They entered the house and saw the child with his mother, Mary, and they had bowed down and worshiped him. Then they opened their treasure chests and gave him gifts of gold, frankincense, and myrrh. And them in a dream not to return to hear it. Lord Jesus, we ask you to help. Amen. Amen. You guys can have a seat. Man. Christmas is, um, it's a crazy time of year. Uh, for some, we are speeding up, and for others, we are slowing down. And I think of all of the whirlwind of emotions that a lot of people go through during the time of Christmas, and it reminds me of Mary. So in this time of year, I want you to know to give yourself a little extra grace. Um, some of you are just wound tight with your schedule, and that's going to create like a little chaos. You can be a little snippy with your kids or with your family. Give yourself a little extra grace. Some of you right now are going through um, the, the, it's the first time your kids, you're an empty nester. Some, some of you, this is your first Christmas married. Sometimes this is the first Christmas without a loved one. Um, and so whatever is going on in your life, give yourself some extra grace this season. I want you to know that the, the concept of the Christmas story in and of itself is a head scratcher to me as I put myself in Mary's shoes and think of everything that she went through in her head when the Lord came to her through an angel and said, good news, you're going to be the mother of the son of God. And, uh, what a head scratcher. Um, she was, I don't know how that's going to work. No one else has ever been through this. This is quite complicated. All the emotions that went through her as this really just complicated her marriage quite a bit. Hey, Joseph, I'm pregnant, you know, surprise. Like it's not yours. It's the Lord's. Don't worry. You know, he's, he's got this, you know, and all of the things financially, how that complicated, uh, relationship with their family. They had a move. They went to Bethlehem, and they didn't have the... I mean, just think of the fact that the expectations that she must have had in her head when she heard she was going to give birth to God Almighty's Son, and there weren't finances or provisions for her to have a room 
or a nurse or like, you know, like all the things, fluffy golden pillows and like all the things that I would have expected. He ended up in a manger, you know, like everything going backwards. And then just the reality of the call of God that was placed on her life and how that complicated everyone in Bethlehem. I mean, if you think about it, the very next thing that happened after Jesus is born that we read about in Matthew is, is this genocide and how the king is now going to murder everyone under the age of two in Bethlehem. The call of God that was placed on her life inconvenienced everyone around her and her. And so if there's things going on in your life in this season, I would just encourage you to give yourself some extra grace because sometimes what God is doing in us doesn't make sense. And I can sure tell you that like the story of Jesus coming to earth through Mary didn't make a lot of sense. There were a lot more questions than there were answers, but God had a way and he made a way. And with that being said, I take you to the story fit for a king of myrrh today. What is myrrh? Myrrh, uh, it, it, it has healing properties. It can uh, decrease swelling and inflammation. It's, it's known to kill bacteria. It was also used as a remedy for numerous infections, including leprosy or syphilis. Myrrh was recommended as a herbalist for relief of bad breath and even dental conditions back then. Uh, myrrh had all so many uses that was going on. But as this gift is presented to Mary and to Joseph for baby Jesus, I wonder what this meant. What went through Mary's mind as she was receiving this gift? I just felt uh, the need to stop the service, didn't plan for this, and I'm going to just go with it. This is not part of the service. This always makes me nervous. But as myrrh is a symbol of healing, I want to just invite the Lord to do what he does best. If you're here today and you need a healing in your body, I'm not going to embarrass you. No one's going to come and touch you. But would you just stand to your feet? We just want to say a prayer for you. You need a healing in your body. I need a healing in my body. I need a healing in my body, Lord Jesus. Lord, you are healing. You're the great physician. It's who you are. It's what you do. And we are your people who believe that you can do what you said you can do, and you're still doing it. Nothing limits you from being who you are. And I thank you, Holy Spirit, that you are here in this room right now. We just place a demand on that expectation, that electrifying Holy Ghost Spirit to move in our lives I declare freedom right now in the name of Jesus over your people. I believe that you're here. I believe that you're moving. And I'm thanking you right now for touching your sons and your daughter because of what you've done for us on the cross. Thank you, Lord. We praise you. We praise you, we praise you, we praise you, we praise you for healing. Pain go. In Jesus' name. Whew. Amen. I love you guys. Man, I, was, I went to another small little church this weekend to do a wedding. And um, this church was smaller than ours, but it brought back a lot of memories for visiting small churches and stuff. And um, 
it made me like fall in love with some of the beautiful things that happens in our church, in the community that we have. And uh, I'm just thankful for that. Also, another plug, just I want to stop before I get into the message. I have to move faster, but um, we want to take an offering today for, for Christmas for some of the families that are in our community that um, Christmas is, is complicated. And um, there's some people that have reached out recently and said that they don't know how some things are going are gonna to work out, and we let them know that we're with them. And, uh, and so today, you know, we don't pass an offering or anything like that, but if you want to memo part of your tithe or something online, there's a little tab there. If you just want to memo Christmas, um, then we want to help be with those families and let them know that their church is with them uh, all the way. And so I'm just thankful for all the things that you give. Um, it's pretty beautiful. All right, yeah, we're going to get going here. All right, so, uh, so some of the things that symbolized with this gift means almost nothing to me, myrrh, but I think it will after the end of this service to many of you. What the heck was up with frankincense, myrrh, and gold, you know? Gold makes a lot more sense. We'll talk about that next week. But what gold, um, myrrh was used as a symbol of honor in Psalms chapter 45, verse 7 and 8. The Lord is speaking this over his people. He said, because you love justice and you hate evil, therefore God, your God, has anointed you, pouring out the oil of joy on you more than anyone else. Myrrh and aloes and, and cassia, perfume for your robes. In ivory palaces, the music of strings and entertains you. He's saying, like, we're going to sing songs about you because you love justice. And because you hate wickedness. But we're going to anoint you with myrrh. I just think in today's culture, like what would be placed upon you that would cause you to know that God is with you? You know, like even anointing oil doesn't like have like great value to our culture. But then when him saying, I'm going to anoint you with this perfume called myrrh, this is going to mean something special. But to Mary, I think that myrrh meant something different. Let me tell you what I mean. I think to Mary, myrrh was a symbol of great intimacy, of great honor, and of great beauty. Here's why I think it meant something different to her. If you poll women today in the modern church, more than 25% of women that attend church would say their favorite book in the Bible is, is, is my lady Esther. Uh, they love the book of Esther. If you aren't, don't know what you're reading right now, check out the book of Esther. A woman of great boldness, of great beauty, of awesome character that walked up to King Xerxes and said some daring things and ended up liberating, liberating the people of Israel. I don't know how much you know about Esther, but myrrh was quite significant in her life and helped promote her to intimacy with the king. In order for, 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 for Esther to meet with King Xerxes, she spent six months. She spent a whole year. But of that year, six months of it was bathing in myrrh. What? Check this out. Let me read it to you. I, I mean, I had, to, I had to read it from my own eyes. Uh, but it said in Esther's chapter 2, verse 12, Before each woman was taken to the king's bed, she was given the prescribed 12 months of beauty treatments. Six months with oil of myrrh, followed by six months of special perfumes and ointments. We just got to get you ready, 
And in order to do that, we're going to anoint you with this special, beautiful fragrance. You're going to bathe in this stuff every day. I mean, it's going to be dripping from her pores. She's going to walk. And, it, and the king just loves this. And I, it, it, to me, it, it, it's a symbol of intimacy. Then into a woman, it wasn't like, like Victoria's Secret perfume. Like it meant something back then. And that's what I, it, it, it's weird about our culture in America, a melting pot of all cultures. Nothing has meaning anymore. But to her, when she said, you, you're giving us myrrh? Oh, what? Think about this. She was still a virgin when she gave birth to Jesus. And so that fragrance that was gifted to Jesus, she was like, it's kind of like my kids when they get Reese cups on Halloween, you know, like, I mean, it may have been for you, but let me just tell you who it's really for. And uh, she was all pumped about myrrh being a gift for her that day. Does that make sense? Intimacy is what it meant to her. Beauty is what it meant to her. I'm going to keep going because I, I think that fragrance, uh, uh, just a quick commercial. I, can't, I couldn't avoid this. It, I was thinking about smells then, and this is the way my, my mind just rabbit trails. I couldn't get it off my sermon. Top 10 smells pulled across America. You want to know what they are? What are the greatest smells in a, that we think as Americans? Number 10 is cut grass. I love it, man. My kids know it. When I cut the grass, I'll just look out the back window I just, uh, I have to keep going. Uh, uh, what was uh, fresh cut grass? Popcorn was number nine. Fresh, fresh baked bread. You remember when we used to go up to Orlando and that bread plant was there and you could smell it from the interstate? Woo! Number, number seven was pine trees or, or the smell of the outdoors. Uh, uh, how about, a, uh, this is one of my favorites is, is campfires. I, I'm like a moth to a flame, man. You light a campfire and you tell me it's going. It's hard for me to not want to be at your house that night. Uh, bacon? Come on, somebody. <laughs> Argue with that. We ain't friends anymore. I'm an unfriend, you know. Uh, rain? It's my son's favorite smell. He loves, he wants to open all the windows in the house whenever it's raining. Uh, barbecue? I mean, you know, you argue with that. And I don't know. Coffee, I think that's why we put it right there at the entrance so y'all just feel the fragrance of the Lord. You just worship better when coffee's going on, right? And then the last one, this surprised me. I don't even agree with it, but it is what it is. The number one most popular smell that Americans say is vanilla. And I'm like, take, take me back to barbecue, you know what I'm <laughs> But it is what it is. Fragrance uh, meant something different for anyone else. And so, but I'm thinking how, how, how smells will have a memory. I also think it's that way with gifts. Like if I said to you, uh, I think myrrh meant something different to, to each person in that family. Myrrh probably meant something to Mary. I think it also probably meant something different to Joseph, who was a tradesman, who was a carpenter, probably had a lot of injuries. When I tell you uh, that... that um, if I say the word Tylenol, what do you think of? I, I, I think of a painkiller. You know, like, hey, numb the pain. I don't like, ta- I, don't take, I, don't, I, don't, I don't like taking pain meds at all, like at all. I'll just, I li- I'd rather complain and walk around my house all like, oh, it hurts so bad. And my wife just looks at me like, you're dumb. It's in the cabinet. Shut up. You know, and I, I just, I don't want to take it. But, but I'll bet to Joseph, myrrh meant something different. So what I didn't know about myrrh is, and I, I'm in of a pain-numbing agent. 
And I, I mean, I had to, re- you could write that on Google, but if I read it from scripture, I believe it that more. And so I'll take you right to the, probably the most important thing that's going on in all of the Bible, right to the cross of Calvary. Myrrh was used on Calvary. What they said was that, that was Jesus was on the cross in pain, crying out, why, my God, have you forsaken me? He would say, I'm thirst. What they did is, is, is they, they, they're feeling bad for him as Jesus is naked on the cross and he's grieving and he's having to stand on the spike in his legs just to get breath and pull up and the pain and the anguish that's going on inside of him. What they did was they took the wine and they dipped a sponge in myrrh. And they tried to lift it up to his, his mouth after he said, I thirst. And he, he said, I, I didn't, he, he refused it. The Bible says, let me, let me show you in scripture. He says, they brought Jesus to a place called Golgotha, which means the place of the skull. And they offered him wine drugged with myrrh, but he refused it. They drugged it with myrrh so that he wouldn't have to feel the pain that was going on in his body. Now, why that's significant to me is because Jesus felt like for the, this is the very reason why I came. It was a symbol from the moment I was born. Myrrh. I came for this very moment. And I think about all the verses in the Bible where Jesus would prophesy when he's standing before, before Pilate and he says, if you're really the king of the Jews, and he says, it is just that. That is why I am here to speak of the truth. He said, I came not for those that were healthy, but for those that were sick. He said, I came to, to, not to be served, but to serve and, and, that, and, and to pay for everyone with, with my ransom. He, it was, it was, he, he came for, for those that were lost, that they would be found. Jesus, it was this reason right here that he came. In all of the pain and all of the things that's going on in his body, he refused to be numbed in that moment. That makes me love him so much more. Friends, I want to just stop and talk to like the American church for a second. There's a lot of difficult things going on in our lives that we try to numb. And we numb it with television. We numb it with distractions. We'll numb it with, with, with more food. We'll, we'll numb it with drink. We'll numb it with a lot of things. I don't know what's going on in your life, but the pain in your life is not a mistake. It wasn't a mistake, the pain that the Father put on Jesus. And the pain that you're going through, I was talking to a friend this morning. He called us to carry a cross. That's part of your calling. To be a disciple of Jesus is to die to yourself and carry the cross. The things that you're going through, you weren't meant to numb. You're meant to feel it wholeheartedly, like my Savior. Paul said in Galatians chapter 2.20, For I am crucified with Christ. Nevertheless, not I that live, but Christ that lives in me. I'm crucified, and I don't want to numb the pain of what I'm going through. I think when we check out, and we hit the pause button, and we stop. I love what Jesus prayed the night before he was crucified. He said, now I'm, I'm overwhelmed, Father. And if there's a way out, I, I, but if it's your will, he said, if you want to pass this cup for me, but if it's your will, I'll drink it. I want what you want for me. He says, this is the very reason why I came. Father, be glorified. 
And I'm so thankful that when Jesus was on the cross, the very gift that was given to him at his birth was the very thing that the enemy tried to drug him with on the cross. And he knew, nah. Myrrh always had meaning to Jesus. But when I think about it, it's even yet more significant. Does this make sense to you? I've always just read over it like, ah, it was, it was myrrh. Cool, whatever, whatever the heck that is. No, it meant something to Mary. It meant something different to Joseph. And I think it meant something different to Jesus. Watch this. The last place that I see myrrh in Scripture that finds itself of pretty crazy significant is at the tomb. I don't know if you know, but myrrh, one of the major reasons that the piece of embalming used myrrh and throughout history was for the purpose of embalming. And uh, what I love about it was it was brought to him as a gift. The one that brought it to him was Nicodemus and Joseph. Nicodemus is the one that almost was a disciple, but he didn't follow the Lord, you know? I mean, he came to him to ask of the stories of Christ, but you would think that like, Anyways, they take Jesus down from the cross and they and they and they they pay to put him in this tomb. And and they and and before they, they put it in there, they you know they, they roll the stone over then and they the soldiers guard the tomb. Well they let me read it to you right from scripture. John chapter 19, verse 38 and 40. Afterward, Joseph, who had been a secret disciple of Jesus. He did this with Nicodemus. You'll see this in other chapters. Because he feared the Jewish leaders, asked Pilate for permission to take down the body of Jesus. And when Pilate gave him permission, Jesus took away the body. And with him came Nicodemus, the man who had come to Jesus at night. And he brought about 75 pounds of perfumed ointment made of myrrh and aloes. Wait a second, what? 75 pounds. Alexis, will you stand up for a second, young lady? They brought with her Alexis, for crying out loud. I love you. You're beautiful. I love your smile. Can you imagine? One saying, I'll carry Jesus. You carry the myrrh. And then wrapping him in linen and pouring the oil over him. And wrapping him in linen and pouring the oil over him. And wrapping him in linen and pouring the oil over him. Jesus would have known this his whole life. It was a gift for him there at birth. It was a gift for him there at death. It's funny how things have meaning to one person, but a different meaning to someone else. I think about it like, like money. To someone, someone sees money and they see a cheeseburger. To someone else, they see investment. How can I turn that into this? Someone spends it. Someone else doubles it. I think about it like death. There's some friends of our church that recently saw some, some pretty difficult things that they're trying to navigate through in their life right now. And it's crazy how some of us see death as loss or terror. But others see it as life. So Jesus knew it was for this very reason that he came was to die. That's why myrrh 
was given to him in the manger scene by complete strangers. They were prophesying over this little kid. And I loved that whoever had the perspective, they were all right. It was for his death. It was to ease his pain. It was for intimacy. It was for our intimacy. I think about this sermon, oh my gosh. Fit for a king. I'm thankful for Jesus. Rich, would you come? I'm thankful for the cross. I'm thankful for what God has done in my life. And as I look back of where I was, I'm so thankful I'm not where I was. And I'm so thankful that he's speaking to me about the calling and where he wants me to be. And I trust him to lead me there. I'm going to ask, today we're going to take the elements and I'm going to ask that they'd serve communion. Right now, we're going we're gonna to take communion together, friends. I do this message because I know a lot of us are thinking of gifts for others. But in my heart of hearts, I, I, want, to, I want something in my life to, to be worthy of something beautiful to Jesus. The scripture says, for the joy set before him, he endured the cross. The joy set before him wasn't wasn't the cross. It was you and me. We were his hope. And that screams to me, Tim, just surrender. Tim, just, just, just stop with your pride. Stop with your own ways. Would you just, would you just trust me? Would you... Would you lead me? Calling you into intimacy. There's a verse there in Revelations. I think it's 21. I'm hoping you have it. It says this. It says, To all the people who belong to this world, they worship the beast. They are the ones whose name was not written in the book of life that belongs to the lamb who was slaughtered before the world was made. I thought this verse was significant because when we see three gifts being given to Jesus at the at, at, in, in, in what we call the manger scene, it wasn't even the manger scene, I don't know if you know, but I love that Jesus knew why he came. He came to die. He came to give his life. And that was decided the moment he was born. It was decided before you and I existed. It was decided before the manger scene. It was decided before the the Lord laid the foundations of the earth. Jesus was already crucified. In the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God, and the Word word became flesh and dwelt among us. Like like he was was crucified from the beginning. He was going to lay down his life for us. Myrrh is a symbol of death. It's a symbol of suffering. But it's a symbol of intimacy. And I'm so thankful today that I know the Lord because of what he did for me. That I know that invitation of the cross. 
Friends, I don't know what's going on in your life, but I think there's some things that you're going through right now that has a meaning that's one thing to you and completely different to someone else, to the Lord. He's not afraid of where you're at. He's trying to use it to a greater day. Father, I thank you for the call of God that's on our lives. I thank you for the cross. I thank you for the cross. I thank you for the cross. I thank you that you died for me. I thank you that you loved me. I thank you that you cared for me. I thank you that you endured, that you endured, that you endured, that you endured, that you paid my price, that you paid my ransom, that you paid my sin, that you washed me clean, that you, that I can stand here today guilt-free because of you, because of you, because of you, because of you. If you're here today with every eye closed and every head bowed, I just want to give you a moment. If you're not right with the Lord today, before we take communion, I want to give you an opportunity to respond. The only thing that Jesus wants from you is your heart. He gave his life to pay for it. Every head bowed, every eye closed. If that's you and you'd say, Pastor, I'm not right with God, but today I want to change my life. I want to follow Jesus. You want to give him your heart, your gift, your gift, your gift. If that's you, would you raise your hand right now? God bless you. God bless you. Jesus, your spirit's here, and I love you for it, God. Thank you for joining us at The Way today. Our prayer is that through a relationship with Jesus, you would know God, find freedom, discover purpose, and make a difference. If you'd like to find out more about our church, please visit us online at thewaylakeland.com or by visiting our Facebook page at The Way Lakeland or Instagram page at The Way Church Lakeland.